Welcome everyone to Lessons with Mike, episode six. Woo! That was the audience in the background because for the first time ever, we have a live studio audience. Uh, there's one person actually in the audience watching. Uh, I'm here with a brand new guest, uh, Mr. Joseph Walker, a local prominent figure in the community. He's built several bridges. He he once. I don't he think won- I've built one bridge. No, no, he's built a he built the uh, the bridge that we swam under that one time. I don't. I'm not. I don't remember this. Bridge. Listen, I'm trying to talk you up by okay. accentuating yeah, your built, bridge building I've skills. I've built all the bridges. Every bridge in Gaston County, he has built. Yeah, all of them. Even the ones. If you that, go look at the sign, my name won't be on it. But that's because I, I, I don't like credit. It's because he's a very humble man. I'm the humblest of men. It's true. Today we're going to be talking about gun violence and how do we fix it. We don't. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks for watching. Well, that was a good podcast. Yeah, it was. It was. All right, now to our products and services. <laughs> no. But no, there, there have been so many mass shootings lately, more so than I feel like before. I feel like lately, this year especially, there have been a lot more. And I feel like when the COVID lockdowns were going on, there was a little bit of a break in the mass shootings. But I feel like at the, yesterday, for instance, they weren't mass shootings. But even where we live, in the past 48 hours, there were three separate shooting gun violent incidences. And what is the cause of these things? Why... Are they going? Why is there an uptick? What do you think? Well, I mean, for one, like, I don't know if I would say there's one specific reason why there's an uptick, but I would say that, like, I think that we often look past the little shootings, the little, like, the little ones where it's like, you know, one on one or, you know, a guy shoots uh, into a crowd of people at a mall or something and we get the big ones like the mass uh school shootings and the like multiple people dead multiple people injured and i feel like the media concentration on those mass shootings often can add like i guess like energy in that area where like people who would people who are like would-be shooters are like oh like i i can you know build I can build my name. I can be famous. I can be it's infamous. Exactly right. Remember a couple of years ago, the uh, the New Zealand guy who shot a mosque. Yeah. The uh, the person who shot the shot the school in uh, Uvalde. One uh, in his manifesto, he said one of his big inspirations was reading the New Zealand shooters manifesto. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that uh, on uh, some podcast I was listening to. Um, unfortunately, this isn't a plug for Mike's podcast. It was a different one, but. I'm sure if you listen to Mike's podcast, you'll get all kinds of cool, uh, cool uh, info things. Yeah, all kinds of cool info. I'm things. really good at speaking. You're great at it, I can tell. <laughs> this man's a professional public speaker. I am definitely not. Now, listen. I first don't, met him. Do I first met him seven ish year. Was it seven years ago? It was something like that. It was a good bit ago. 2015. That would be seven years ago. Yeah, 2015. And uh, we had a good time. It was. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but no, I like what you were saying with the media. I read a report that um, – I actually saw this on Twitter. There was a, a news person, and they were debating in the newsroom which of the shootings to cover because there were three in a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty significant with the amount of casualties and injuries, and they had to, they could only focus on one of them. It's, it's absurd. Well, I mean, I think that's – sort of the problem is like we rely almost completely on our Facebook news feed and on uh, 
like large media companies to get us like the info and generally large headlines with extreme things sell, you know, more. Yeah, so of course they're going to focus on the big ones. And, yeah. Yeah. And so like, and if there's two or three big ones, I mean, they're going to focus on the most extreme one or the most like uh, racially predicated one yeah. or like, and I like beyond media bias. Cause like, I, I think anyone who's watched anything, you know, with, with like news media would say there's definitely bias in it, but like beyond that, I think a lot of it is our education system. It's so like, it's, it's just, it's built on the idea that we have to like force these kids through school, push them through, pass them, get them, you know, through and then we're done grades, with them at that point. And then, yeah. They're on the college, and then the college, you know, college system is like ridiculously expensive. Well, yeah, a There's, lot of people can't even afford it, and yeah, even if you do get a degree, most degrees at this point are useless. And the minimum wage is so far under the cost of yeah. living everywhere in the United States. Like, I think, I mean, school doesn't prepare you for that. It no, doesn't teach you how to like balance your credit, how to like figure out like what you need to do to make you know ends meet. Yeah or how to prepare you for what comes ahead. It just prepares you to answer like that. The, the, uh, the mitochondria, mitochondria yeah. the powerhouse. <laughs> That's itself. a big one. Thank you. I was yeah. wondering if you would. Yeah, I got it. Um, but, but yeah, like that leads to a lot of angry people and young men. Cause yeah. these are the majority of people who commit mass shootings, young men who yeah. feel disenfranchised, who feel as if society has abandoned them in a way. Yeah. Who feel like they don't have anyone. And, they take out these issues on defenseless people. Yeah, and like on top of that, often from the statistics I've heard, uh, granted this is hearsay since I'm saying it, I'm not looking at the facts right now, but I, I think it's uh, statistically the large amount of uh, uh, like shooters are generally 18 to 25 white males, and they generally skew toward the right uh, politically. And it's like I do feel like there's this like this undercurrent of like white nationalism in our country that like kind of radicalizes people, and when they feel like you know like like when they when they feel uh, it's like they they feel they're being replaced in a way. Yeah, with yeah. like the replace the, the replacement, replacement theory. theory. It, it's so, so it's stupid. Such bullshit. It's just but, nonsense. Like the Buffalo shooter, for instance, he purposely targeted an area that was majority. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's it's terrible. He's waving around shooting his gun. He points his gun at a, at a white cashier, says, oh, sorry, man, my bad. And then goes back to pointing and shooting at, at defenseless black, black people. It's, it's ridiculous. And for, he was charged with domestic terrorism. I think that's the first mass shooter that, that's been charged with that in, in a good yeah, bit of time. Yeah, he walked away. You know, you or at least I feel like if that shooter had been – any other race, there's no like that. The, the police would have gunned him down. Well, Dylan Ruth, they took the Burger King. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Shoots up a church, gets a gets a Whopper out. Who paid for that Whopper? I'm sure he didn't. I don't. I don't know. It's absurd. No more Whoppers for shooters. That could be that could be our new slogan. Uh, Burger King, we need you to denounce this. This is this is ridiculous. Burger King, we are asking you to come on as an ad sponsor for Mike. And denounce that these shootings just 
just say, do something about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, only if you denounce the shootings and the Burger King uh, Whopper for delivery. I want you to commit right now to never selling a Whopper to another mass shooter. And the best way you can do this is by, is by on this podcast. denouncing it and then sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, that'd be a great thing. For them it would be a great thing. It would be good. It would be very good. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, back to what matters. Back to the terrible shootings that seem to be happening just about daily at this oh. point. And I remember my first shooting uh, experience. Um, this was a lockdown in uh, college. And I feel like everyone who's been in college at this point has a story like this. Because I was just sitting there in class minding my own business. And uh, people were getting rushed into the room that I'd never seen before. And I, there's a bit of secrecy. No one tells you what's going on. People just get rushed into the room. People get Teachers will pull in people from hallways, rush them into the room. Finally, I found out what was going on. There was a, a member of the staff who was threatening to kill himself, had some mental health issues, mm. was waving a gun around. Fortunately, no one was shot, but still, that could have escalated very quickly. Yeah, or that absolutely. could have easily been something else. And there was a little bit of a panic in, in the room because no one knew what was going on. You had people texting their family members. No one knew what was going on. And that's only that's not even half as traumatic as what the children in the Uvalde or the other school shootings oh experienced. Yeah. It's absurd. Like you have parents waiting outside because the cops obviously for hours. Were, those cops should all be fired. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and legally prosecuted. Yeah, because that, that's dereliction of duty. <clears throat> it's absolute. Well, okay. that's a military term. I know that doesn't <clears throat> apply to cops, but still, that's absurd. Technically, technically, the Supreme Court. I don't remember what order it was, or or referendum or whatever but uh i think it was a couple years back there was a case in which the supreme court argued and made a, 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 a decision saying that the police were not legally required to step in in an emergency situation if they didn't feel like it was the best decision for them that is so stupid because okay fine if you don't feel like stepping in whatever but then you have the police holding back parents who are trying to step which in. is yeah it's it's asinine like, the police are there for a reason, or at least they're supposed to be. Um, and, I mean, don't get me started on the police. But, like, at very best, like, at, at my very best and most charitable belief toward the police, that their job should have been to go in and stop that shooter. The person who stopped the shooter was an off-duty Special Forces guy. From like a special border patrol team. Yeah, well, yeah, I was about to say, I think yeah. he was from border patrol. He drove up like 60 yeah. miles. And he or something wasn't even like on that. duty. He heard about it, drove up there, headshotted the guy. He was shot in the head, too. Was he really? Yeah, it, it grazed him, though. So it wasn't oh, anything okay. big. I was like, I didn't hear about yeah. that. But I, I saw the photos. The, the bullet like grazed him. And then immediately after, or shortly thereafter, he shot the shooter in the head. Well, good. I mean, honestly, like, I, violence isn't the answer. But when you're that, but if somebody's shooting kids, I, I you have put to put them down. Ass. Yeah, you Wait, have are we to. allowed to cuss on this? Yeah, okay, cool. Ask. On my last one, I said shit a few times. Oh my! I know, crazy, right? <laughs> That's some crazy ass shit. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that was bad. It was, but it's all right. There was the problem is they have unlimited access to ammo. In the Buffalo shooting, for instance, yeah, people always say, "Oh, you need a good guy with a gun." That's the solution. The Buffalo shooting had an on-duty security guard who had a gun, yeah. who had professional training, was able to shoot the Buffalo shooter several times. <laughs> but because of all the body armor he had on, yeah. it did nothing. You have these kids, 17, 18 years old, 
getting military-grade body armor, military-grade assault weapons that are obviously not mentally equipped to handle it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in the military, they're the same age, but you go through training. Yeah. Like weeks, months extensive of st- training. extensive training. Before you're even able to touch a gun, you go through tons of training. Yeah, that's one thing we can say for our eight-something $800 billion uh, military budget. At least they train their people. <laughs> <clears throat> they train them uh, how to use guns, but other things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, we're talking beyond guns. Like, yeah. I don't know, but... But it will talk combat about. scenarios and guns. They, yeah, they they're that. really they good do on those. That. Really well, they're great at that. Yeah. Absolute best. But it's just absurd. Like, remember uh, the Las Vegas shooting? And oh yeah. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, when Trump was president, he was the most gun controlled president. Yeah. Out of out of a lot out of all the ones yeah, he banned bump stocks. He banned bump stocks. Got a lot of pushback from that. I I okay. So I lived in California at the time. I lived like seven seven and a half hours from Vegas at yeah. the time. And uh, I was <laughs> I was in ministry school. I'm a ministry school dropout. Fuck that. But um, yeah, no, like uh, I was like I was there, and we had like a guy visiting our school who was from Vegas, and that's how we heard about it. Was he was like he like stopped class and was like, oh oh no, and like was like checking his phone and stuff, told us like what was happening. Or what had happened. I don't know if it was happening. I think it happened like the night before or something. I I don't remember. But like, and then almost, it seemed like immediately Trump came out and banned bump stocks. Yeah, that's like one of the few positive things he did. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not a Trump fan, but like that was a a good one. It was. And you wouldn't see, Obama didn't do that. No. Clinton and none of these people did that. But. I, know, that's a, I think there needs to be more, though. Obama did like to play around with his drums. He did. One of my favorite... Uh, you know Joe McHale, the actor? Uh, it sounds really familiar. Well, anyway, he, I read his book, and one of my favorite things from his book, there's a photograph. Uh, you know how books have like photograph sections in the yeah. middle? One of the photos was him receiving some sort of award from Obama, and the caption was, me getting an award from Obama after he just drone-striked a bunch of kids. Thanks, Barack. Mm. <laughs> And I thought that was the funniest thing. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He was a little trigger happy with the drones. A little too much drones. But anyway, back back to guns. So I think there needs to be something done about this. Oh, absolutely. It's frustrating. Nowhere is safe. You can't go to school. You can't go to a movie theater. You can't go shopping. I mean, these were people, they're just minding their own business, just shopping. And yeah. They're legally required to go to school. You, There's no place that's safe. No. No. None. And they're happening at such a frequency, it's society's becoming numb to these things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I think there's very limited things that can actually get done. I think there's a lot of things I wish we could do. There's a lot that we that I would like to happen that I don't think is possible. Yeah. One idea that I think would be really helpful, and I think a lot of people could agree on this. Turn the gun ownership thing and regulate that the same way you do driver's licenses. Have an agency. You go get a gun license. You take training for it, and then you're good. I mean, yeah. But right now, in the state, I, in the state we live in, North Carolina, you can open carry a shotgun without a permit. I believe that's true. Actually, I just I was I, so I'm like I'm looking into getting a gun currently. I've been looking into it for a while. I was waiting for my taxes to come back. Uh, and finally, I'm going to be getting them soon. So I was like talking to somebody who's like involved in the gun stuff. Uh, and they explained to me, 
if I go down this week to the sheriff's office, I can go get a purchase permit for $5 for any kind of handgun. Then I can go take that purchase permit after they run my background check and stuff. Like, it'll take like two weeks between me going to get the purchase permit and then running the background check and stuff um, to let me know if I'm good. And as long as I don't have any like criminal history, like felonies or most misdemeanors, as long as most of that's not on my record uh, or any like red flag territory, like I'll, I'll be approved and I can go take that purchase permit two weeks later to a dealership, to a store, anywhere that sells guns, walk in, uh, pick out the gun I want. They'll run my, uh, they'll run a set, a secondary background check that takes like 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, this it just depends on the speed of their computer. And then they'll sell me whatever handgun I want. And then I get to walk away with that gun and I have to open carry it. And when I put it in the car, it has to be visible. Um, but I don't even need a concealed carry in this state. I, don't, I like all I got to do is just wait two weeks and you don't have to get any kind of training at all. You could have never shot a gun in your yeah, life. That's correct. That is just absurd. It is absurd. There should be training required. Like how can just you like be just 18? like a concealed carry? You have to yeah. go through a class because open carrying I think is more dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Because, like anyone get, could just try and grab your gun. I get freaked out when I see meth ads and hobos walking around the Walmart with guns on their hip. Yeah. Like it's, I've definitely seen it. It's frightening. <laughs> Like and these people, a lot of people, it's it's frustrating, and there's a sense of powerlessness. You don't feel like there's anything you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, so I think we as individual people have very little we can do other than like protest or uh, if we're in a place where we can like uh, suggest like policy changes inside our local governments that would be that would be good i guess well, i feel um, like with this most recent shooting it's a little different because they have not been holding back with the graphic details they've been really pushing that out there to really get people to like look at what's happening yeah like, there was one guy he was like i saw the bodies uh, of children decapitated they were unidentifiable yeah uh, did, you, did you hear the matthew mcconaughey yeah uh, the, the girl could only yeah. be identified by her, her shoes yeah that was heartbreaking that's disgusting that's disturbing and i mean i do think that's like the the like i think well from from the perspective of somebody who's like pro sensible gun legislation but also pro gun i think it's a very like positive aspect of yeah. big media getting behind the narrative and being like, yeah, we've got to do something about this. But this can't keep happening because every single time it's the same thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, yeah. but, but no action. And Sean Hannity, I don't know if this was the recent one, but I saw a clip where he was like, thoughts and prayers go out to the latest victims. Also DVR. So you never miss an episode. Someone sent me that today. It's disgusting. Like, dude, you're trying to raise money and get your viewership up based on the problems and the tragedies of other people. That's not news. That's just self-promotion. You know, 70 years ago, like in the 1950s, thoughts and prayers might have meant something to a lot of people. But we live in a post-Christian society. There are tons of Christians still. But, like, society doesn't operate off of just this, like, intrinsic belief that thoughts and prayers are somehow, like, I deeply beneficial. Like I think like at baseline as a, like 
a person who's like open to things, I'm like, you know what? I I guess I appreciate your thoughts and prayers. But do they mean but if, it? But if do it they was, even mean it? I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they do. I Sean Hannity probably not. He's a piece of shit. Some people but, like, probably do mean it. And they but, probably a are A lot sincere. of people mean it. Like, I could see my mom being like, yeah. oh, thoughts and prayers. And it's like, I know no one. Like, I know. The, sorry, that was terrible. I know no one. You know no family. single people. I know no one. I guess that means I know someone. <laughs> I know someone. No. I like, I don't know anyone who would say thoughts and prayers with uh, like more intentionality than maybe my mother. However, that doesn't mean anything to like a large, large swath of people throughout the world, especially the United States. And when you start like by saying thoughts and prayers or something like that to a group of people who've just lost family members, like... I when okay so like I think we definitely need to talk about like what an AR can do to a body complete destruction like it's unrecognizable they have to they had to do DNA tests on some of the children yeah because they could not figure out whose children were whose because like the bodies were so ripped apart by what the gun like by what the bullet does when it hits the body like when it, okay when an AR round hits a body. When it goes in, it can ricochet off of like bone structures and stuff within. It also the exit hole is much bigger. And like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be an expert, but like the kind of ammunition used, like it destroyed these kids. Like they, it, they, it was, they, it was, a, it was a basically a meat factory left. I can't even imagine like walking into a building and seeing that. That would be yeah, just so disturbing. I like the fact that like there are little kids in that room still alive. One of the kids trying to make it. One of the kids had to cover themselves in the blood and guts of one of their classmates. And that child and not just that child. So many people that survived this are going to. Did you hear one man uh, who was the husband of the teacher had a heart attack the day after and died? Yeah. Like, Like they were they were like a really, really beautiful couple. Like, and I, I can't remember what they were talking, they were talking about when I was listening to the, the media coverage on it, but like, it was really, really endearing and sweet. And then it was just like, and she was killed like in, in this, in this shooting. And then like literally the next day, the day after something yeah. like that, he, he had a massive heart attack and died. And, I mean, that's heartbreak, dude. That family. Like, I don't know how to go on. Like, you know? It, what people don't realize is the effects of gun violence. They don't stop when the shooting stops. It branches out. The people in that community are going to be affected. The families. Uh, one of my friends, he did a documentary for Netflix. Or maybe not Netflix. It was called Behind the Bullet. Okay. And it talks about the impacts of gun violence. It's called Behind the Bullet. And how gun violence i just repeated the same thing <laughs> but it's a good documentary there's so many people that are going to be affected the families of those kids the survivors i'm sure there's going to be a few people that want to kill themselves or may end up killing themselves there's going to need to be serious mental health outreach to this community yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's just it's a lot it's and this keeps happening. It does. It, it and it's not going to stop. It's it's really not. At this point, people are just 
and the people keep getting younger. Like what 18, can you imagine me or you when we were 18? That's not something we would have even considered. So what is happening to these people that is causing this? Is it the media? Is it, how do you even get a gun? He got the AR on his 18th birthday. Yeah. How do you even do that? That is, that. there's no way that should be legal. No, it shouldn't be. Because you can't even drink until you're 20. So it's easier to get an AR-15 than it is a pack of Guinness. 18, yeah, absolutely. Which is so absurd. That's ridiculous. I think, I think sensible gun reform in this scenario that I would like to see, not that I think we'll see, but what I'd like to see is the age for all gun purchases, all of them. To be bumped to 21 i would like to see uh extensive background checks be enforced um i would like to see uh gun uh like gun uh what is it what is it called uh the gun show uh the gun show thing uh, yeah where the gun like where people at gun shows can go after somebody's trunk and like swap around guns and yeah. like exchange them. I think that should be banned. The lo- the gun show loophole. Yeah. I think that should be banned. I think that should be criminalized. And I, I think if you're, I understand that it's convenient. I understand that it's pro there's probably nothing shady going on, but, but it's just not appropriate. It's just not okay. If I want to transfer my wife's car into my name, I have to go to the DMV. I have to file a bill of sale. I have to yeah. I have to fill out all this paperwork. I can't just say, "Oh, hey, this is your car now. This is my car now." No, there, yeah. if, if cars are more regulated than guns, and I know people are going to say, "Well, cars were not in the Bill of Rights." It's a document from over two hundred and fifty years ago that applied to those specific times. I mean, honestly, the guns the guns they were dealing with two hundred and fifty years could ago, not. They were a stick with a, a yeah. metal chamber on it that would fire a ball at some varying degree of some direction. And sometimes it would hit something. Like when the, the phrase, you couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with that, was born during the, the, the revolution in, in the 1770s because it was actually fairly hard at distance to hit the broad side of the barn. Like if you're shooting a musket, you are not going to hit your target. That's why they had to line everybody up on the field and they'd have hundreds of dudes bearing a rifle on the shoulder, and they wouldn't even aim most of them. They'd just point and shoot. They would just point in maybe. the general direction of the other guys coming at them and shoot. The, and both both teams would take turns <laughs> shooting each other. It's stupid. The Boston Massacre had an entire like platoon or troopmen of British soldiers shooting into a crowd of civilians. And an what, like five troop, died? Like five or six people died, and they called that a massacre. So what do you call it when one teenager – Walks into a school, shoots thirty people. Yeah, yeah. In the case of Vivaldi, nineteen kids, two teachers. Like, like that's it's insane. The people writing the Constitution, they would not conceive that as being possible. Yeah, they no one would have ever thought. Hey, you know, in like two hundred and fifty years, they're going to have weapons that can shoot projectiles at like multiple, like multiple bullets a second. And not that that not that he was using that he was using yeah. an AR, but like the technology is so much different. You just you can't make. Uh, I'm look. I am as pro Second Amendment uh, as pro Second Amendment as they come, but like you can't expect like a law written 250 years ago 
to to, to be fully, relevant, to yeah, fully to apply fully, and yeah. cover everything. One part of the Second Amendment yeah. that people don't really pay attention to that much, the well-regulated part, it says a well-regulated, well-regulated militia. militia. Yeah. And a group of children, because that's what you are basically, a child, ha- buying an AR-15 the day he turns 18, that's not well-regulated. There's nothing regulated no. about that. No, and the militias we have are not well-regulated. <laughs> Do you know any of them that are regulated? <laughs> I mean, I don't personally know anybody in a militia. Are you, are you part, that's another thing. Actually, we do have this three percenter guy with curly hair that lives in this building. I, I don't know. But he might be part of the militia. Maybe. I don't know. The three percenters are, are a he's, weird one. He's, he's probably just a frat bro. <laughs> oh, man. We'll be right back after these messages. back i hope you enjoyed all those messages from the zero sponsors we have maybe one day we'll get sponsors and i'll put some messages back in there like burger king yeah they apologize you shouldn't have given dylan ruth a whopper i mean i know you had no way of knowing and there's really nothing you could have done to know probably what happens no, you should know probably a cop just walked up to there and ordered a whopper and you thought you were giving oh that's that's the rule of thumb here should we not give don't serve things to cops (laughs) Okay, I'm kidding. Sort of. It's so discriminatory. It is. But you're not super wrong. Well, anyway, we'll talk. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, thank you all for listening to this episode. We really talked about the problem, and anyone who says there isn't a problem is lying to you, or is just completely stupid. Yeah. There's no way yeah, around yeah. it. This is a problem. This does not happen anywhere else, even in underdeveloped or less developed than we are nations, Saudi Arabia. You don't hear of mass shootings. There's a lot more rape, which is terrible, but I don't know the statistics on that. That might not be true. Who knows? But mass shootings in Europe aren't a thing like this, to this extent, where they happen weekly. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not. Um, I mean, to be honest, like, there, there what, what was the... What was the stat? There's, uh, There's more mass shootings so far this year than there have been days of the year. Well, yeah, that... That yeah, there's two hundred and fifty something mass shootings, I think, and it's it's like like day what one hundred seventy yeah something, something like, like that. that I don't know. The other stat I was thinking about was uh, there are uh, three hundred and thirty million Americans, roughly something like that. There are four hundred million guns in the United States, or more. Those are the ones we know of, and we know there are a lot more than the ones we know of. Oh yeah. So like, I mean, especially if you live in the South, trust me, you've all heard. We've all heard uh, one story after another from some old redneck guy that's like, oh, yeah, you know, like I got my I got my gun and I've got my gun. <laughs> and you're like, your, your gun? My special gun. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that was I, I saw I saw the number off the serial number off and it's just in there. And I'm like, what is just in there? It's a, they call it a pew pew stick. And you've got a 50-50. It it could be a gun. It could be something else. You really – and that's how they get you. So if anyone asks you – They get you with the pew-pew stick. If anyone walks up to you and says, hey, little Johnny, you want to come play with my pew-pew stick? Say no. Unless you really like old guys with guns, and then you should still say no. Yeah, you you should really say no. You should definitely say no. That's a very sketchy situation. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so next week we're going to talk about what some potential solutions to this problem could be. Um, 
I don't think the solution is banning guns. Karl Marx, he said, any attempt to seize the, well, what was it? What did he say? Talk while I think of what he said. Uh, on this week on our episode, no, I'm kidding. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what Karl Marx said. It was, I know the second part, but what was the, any attempt to, I'm going to look this up because this is super important. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, like while you're looking that up, I just think that like, like what we said, like, you know, 330 million Americans, 400 plus million guns, like that's the largest amount of guns in any society ever. And it's, it's, it's insane to think that there wouldn't be a problem with that. I'm not saying that I want people to take guns. Like, I don't want the government to take your guns. That's ridiculous. And that would be just as concerning and wrong. But I do think that, like, as Americans, we have, like, a consumer, uh, consumeristic obsession with guns. And that maybe we should, like, try and figure out a healthy way out of that. Because think about it. You'll have people who spend all their income on You don't need 55 guns. No. Like, that's absurd. Like, why would you spend so much money? I, I just don't get it. But anyway, here's the quote from Karl Marx. Under no pretext should arms and ammunition be surrendered. Any attempt to disarm the workers must be frustrated by force if necessary. Uh, the gun is the equalizer, as one Russian philosopher put it. It's what keeps the poor people and the rich people on an equal playing field. It's what prevents working class revolutions from happening. Because think Tiananmen Square in China. So now this podcast will never play in China because I mentioned that. Yeah. The, none of those people have guns. They got demolished. Yeah, they didn't stand a chance. Yeah. And there has not been a significant workers uprising in China that I'm aware of since then. There might have been one that's been suppressed. No, there hasn't been. At least not that I've been told about or listened to because I was actually just listening to a couple different podcasts. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you know, Behind the Bastards. I do know Robert that Evans. one, yeah. I've listened to that Great one. podcast. Um, sponsors Robert Evans. Yeah, that'd be great. We could be part of your products and services. I will you definitely be, uh, be a product and service to Robert Evans oh, if my. he would so desire. Actually, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but, like, uh, they were talking about the – they did a two-parter on Tiananmen Square and, uh, the like, the workers, like, the, the movement there. And it's just, like, if you think about it, in America, we don't think of things in terms of workers versus, you know – employers or the rich yeah we think of things in terms of the people versus the government and it's like that's a, a major conservative talking point that's just been like completely implanted in american society which is so stupid because uh, uncle russell with his shotgun is not going to do anything against ballistic missiles they have sky guns they will shoot you before you even breathe they will laser you from space. I'm sure they have that. I mean, there are studies that say between 13 and 26% of the population being in revolt could overturn a modern country. The problem is the United States is not just a modern country. The largest military force out of any country that has ever existed. Well, the largest military spending out of any country. I guess the largest military force is probably China. Oh, that's true, yeah. But, like, the largest military budget by, like, Two or three times. And think about it, even the, if the second largest. Even if you have thirty percent, that's a pretty large number. I don't think it'd get more than that. No. So thirty percent of the country in mass revolt, Joe Biden or whoever the president is at any given time has access to nukes. You're done. It's over. 
I mean, I doubt they. I doubt they would use, come that I doubt far. they would use a nuke on an American city. No, it would never get that far. I but like, but, the, the thermobaric weapons, uh, the rocket launchers, missile systems. Like, it is. It, there's no way you and your AR are going to hold off the United States military. This happened in the 1700s, the Whiskey Rebellion, and that was back in the the old times. Yeah, that was like what the 1780s. That was like just a few years after the Revolutionary War. A, a group of people and. Freaking the president George Washington marched out with like most of his military and and put down that rebellion. And the Civil War, it's the same thing. Even if half the country, it was less than half. It was like forty percent of the country, or yeah. whatever. About with 40, most of its experienced generals, that Lincoln offered Robert E. Lee command of the Union Army when yeah. the war started, and he said he couldn't do it because like that's uh, he his home was the South. Yeah, so. Even though they had the most experienced generals, because Lincoln and even better for them, all of the people Lincoln had in charge were absolute morons for like the first four years or the, the first, first two, two years. years yeah, yeah, the first two years. McClellan was terrible. Yeah, like, absolutely. Pretty much everyone except for Sherman and Grant yeah. sucked at war. Well, there was there was Hooker. Yeah, there were a few others that were. I don't good. even remember which side he was on. I just remember uh, Hooker got shot in the rear. I remember, or at least uh, that's what we said in high school. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. One of my favorite ones is they were just coming out with like a rudimentary type of sniper rifle. And one, I think it was a Confederate general. He was yelling at his soldiers. He's like, you bunch of pansies. Why are you all cowering? They couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. And as he finished speaking, he was sniped in the head. That's fantastic. <laughs> great. Great story. But anyway, tune in next week or whenever we do it. It could be weeks from now. It could be tomorrow. Who knows? We will go over potential solutions. We'll have someone on here. We'll have a member of the police force on here to discuss things. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it should be fun. All right. So thank you all for tuning in. Signing out. See you next time. Bye. See you.